Viewmasters. It's the podcast that we do. Viewmasters. Talk about movies that we view. Viewmasters. My friend Eric and me, Joe. Viewmasters. Hey, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the Viewmasters, episode 278, Blade Runner. My name is Joe. My name is Eric. Hello, Eric. Hello, Joe. How are you today? Oh, I'm very confused. Okay. Um, so apparently two years ago we had flying cars and yes. highly evolved robots. Uh-huh. Uh, and now none of that? Um, yeah. I gotta say that this all tracks to me as uh, it's time to impeach Biden. <laughs> See, I was gonna say that it's uh, it's Trump's fault that, that we don't have that stuff anymore. But we had we it when he was here. But, but it was in the process of being dismantled. That's why there's Blade Runners running around shooting stuff. Right? Mm. No, because those, no. those, those pesky replicants took our jobs. They come in here with their enhanced strength and their perfectly designed bodies. Uh, are they though? I mean, uh, did you see Leon? I did see Leon. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Leon. Yep. <laughs> uh, we never did get to hear about his mother. That is I was, true. I was we... Looking forward to hearing that. Uh, yeah, they must have cut that scene. That must have been in one of the uh, six other versions of this movie. Yeah, I think it's in the work print cut of this movie, probably. <laughs> Which is mostly just storyboards, but then they, they shot that one scene for it. No, I have no idea what the work print is. I've never seen it. Me neither. I mean, I... You've never, had, you'd never seen this one before today. I had never seen any version of Blade Runner until today. Welcome. Thank you, I guess. I guess? I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what you thought of it. Uh, me too. Uh, uh, d- d- does a lot of pop culture and Twitter make more sense to you now? Because <laughs> I feel like really. Blade Runner refer- I feel like Blade Runner references are are pretty rampant on Twitter uh, with a with a fair amount of frequency. Yeah, I don't know that I see them that much. Uh, okay, but I do feel like. This movie has been so ingrained into popular culture that, uh, like, I didn't even need the context to have it make sense. Sure. If, if that makes sense, I guess. That does uh, make sense. I get that. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so uh, back when Gutter Trash was a thing... And we uh, did movies on that. Uh, I had a, a, a short run of episodes where I was just picking what I called missed classics. Right. 
Uh, and I would say that Blade Runner uh, fits into that category for sure. Yeah. Um, and a problem that I kept having with those missed classics is that um, a lot of them get real hyped up and mm-hmm. a lot of them cannot live up to that hype. Yeah. And um, I'm going to say Blade Runner was in there. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know that I enjoyed this movie at all. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's it sort of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, There there's not a lot of forward momentum with it, I feel like. It sort of meanders, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of fun. Uh, if you're like in the mood for something like that, that's, that's, that's largely sort of mood and, and visuals. Cause the, I feel like the visuals are great. Mm-hmm. Um, like just the, the, obviously the iconic opening sequence of, of the aerial shots of the sort of flaming towers in Los Angeles. Right. Um, and then, yeah, just the, the flying cars and the, the, zeppelins with the the billboards and the building size billboards and yeah just like there's a lot of visuals that are really cool um but it's sort of light on story um yeah when you uh, like or or plot i guess it's it's there's there's some character stuff but yeah i don't know uh, i I, i've seen it many times and i still sort of grapple with it okay um so the visual aspect, I, I, I recognize how good it is, um, but I think because clearly that aspect of this movie has been so influential that I have seen either riffs on this or just uh, different takes or, or even one-upsmanship of it mm-hmm. uh, that kind of paled in comparison a little bit. All right. Because uh, I, I don't know if this was the first movie to sort of do that uh, dystopian, urban, neon, and neo-noir kind of thing. Uh, but I have seen it many, many times since. And yeah. uh, it just didn't have, I think, the right impact for me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you are absolutely correct. There is not much going on in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, even as far as, like, we, we see uh, we see Deckard do a little bit of investigation. Cause so so the, the plot, <laughs> essentially, is that Deckard, uh, Harrison Ford, is uh, a Blade Runner who is called out of retirement to uh, catch these four fugitive replicants uh, who have escaped and are now on Earth. Right. Um, and then so, you know, you you assume, like, you know, well, most of the movie is going to follow his investigation of that. And it sort of starts off that way. Um, but then, you know, it introduces uh, the, the other replicant of the movie, Rachel. Um, and then... You know, after he sort of, after he uh, finds, is it Zora? Yes. Um, the one with the snake? Yeah, after, after he finds her, 
uh, and uh, kills her. And then um, after Rachel kills Leon, uh, I feel like the investigation sort of ends. Like, I don't I don't know how he or, or I don't remember how he ends up uh, at the house where uh, Pris and Roy are holed up. Like other other than because because Pris and Roy murder Tyrell, uh, and so he's just going to check out because uh, Sebastian was there as well. Yeah, um, I but think it, that's feels, it. it feels like he just he just sort of stumbles on them. Like like we don't. It's it's not as much like you expect more detective work in a in a noir. At least I do anyway, and, well, and sure. I feel like we don't get as much of that as I would have liked. No, uh, he does. I mean. Uh, he is told, you know, I guess by his boss that, uh, or by creepy Edward James almost, yeah. uh, that, uh, and I, and I say that as that, uh, it's not, you know, somebody I don't recognize, but I'm just likening him to Edward James almost, uh, it is just Edward James almost, and he is creepy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, every everything he does is very cryptic, and it's it's, it's he's fascinating in this movie. Yes, he is. <laughs> he is not in enough of this movie either, as I far as I'm concerned. Wholeheartedly agree. Uh, yeah, from his uh, first scene, I, I was hoping that he would uh, appear more, uh, or be like. Deckard's partner of some sort, or or just yeah. a, a recurring foil, uh, but he just is kind of a, an errand man. Uh, but but uh, boy, is he memorable in those short scenes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So so Deckard finds out uh, that uh, Tyrell and Sebastian have been killed, uh, and he calls. Sebastian's house and Pris answers. Right, uh, right. I forgot about that. that. Yeah. All uh, so right, you got me. <laughs> some some investigation work there. Uh, not, not a ton, but but uh, a little bit. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, it's better than watching a ten minute scene of him talking to his TV, telling it to zoom and enhance. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed that part. <laughs> like it, when you describe it the way that you did, it sounds stupid. <laughs> but I actually was like, oh, what's he going to find in this weird photo that apparently you can like go into and rotate? I mean, the resolution must have been insane. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, then again, we're talking about technology from 2019, after all. So, of it's course true. it is. The, the distant future. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I did, like, like yeah, I don't, I don't know why that part I found to be kind of riveting, but I did. <laughs> uh I just, it's another one of those things where, I mean, we've seen at this point countless, like, you know, CSI type shows where they're like, enhance, enhance. And oh, at sure. this point, it's become a joke. Uh, yeah. And again, I don't know if this is the first one to do that kind of thing, but it just, it struck me as funny more than anything else. Yeah. No, I, I get that. And I, I had that thought as well. But in my head, I was like, well, it's future technology. 
it's a weird 3D, you know, you can see around corners in this photo. I'm not sure what's <laughs> happening. So uh, it, it got a pass from me for being sci-fi, at least. Okay. No, I mean, you know, I'm I'm certainly not going to say that this movie is not sci-fi. It is very <laughs> sci-fi. Yeah. It's it's period sci-fi at this point. It's period piece. <laughs> like, I don't know. They're, they're, I'm sure... Uh, like, like when, when making... I, I know this is based off a novel that, uh, you know, was written in the late 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but even still, like, why shoot for what I would consider to be a tangible future? <laughs> just, just, you know, set it in the far-flung future. That way, this kind of discussion never happens. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when the book was set, but I mean, yeah, the movie came out in what like 1982. Yes. So, so it was it was a reasonable distance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we we're not talking about the Jetsons in the 60s here or anything. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but hey, you know, I mean, they they couldn't have known that in 40 years we would still not have flying cars uh, or or very enhanced uh, rubits. Uh, but they did get the fact that we are currently living in a dystopia, so you know, we'll give them back right. credit. Yeah, every, everything's dirty, everything's falling apart. Mm-hmm. People are trying to leave the planet. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, they, they, they got some stuff right. I thought there was something semi recently about uh, like Jeff Bezos talking about setting up like a colony on Mars or something. Mm-hmm. And and all I could think of was a new life awaits you in the off world colony. <laughs> uh, well, going back to Philip K. Dick, uh, you know, Total Recall was also based on an idea by him. I know, uh, yeah, we mentioned so, that last know, week. Uh, get get your ass to Mars, you know? <laughs> I feel like we watched something else that was based on a Philip K. Dick thing, but I don't remember what now. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Probably not. Steel? Good story, Joe. Yes, I think, do think Steel <laughs> was based on a Philip K. Dick story. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Lo- loosely... Loosely adapted by Louis Simonson and, and John Bogdanoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I know I, our favorite game, Did You Fall Asleep During This Movie? <laughs> I already know the answer for you. Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I am very tired today. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I made it about a half hour and before I just sort of passed out, uh, and then slept for about an hour when I texted you that, uh, I was probably going to be a little late, because uh, <laughs> I still had about an hour and a half left of this movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at least it's not, at least it's not like three hours or something. It's, it's two hours, but yeah. I do feel like you, you sort of feel every, every minute of it. It, it, yeah, it's, uh. It's kind of plotting. <laughs> um, but 
so, so, okay, so all that I know about this movie, uh, you know, as far as the versions of it, is that there's like six other versions. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the only one that Ridley Scott like 100% approves of. Uh, but usually when you hear, you know, that kind of thing, like director's cut, final cut, whatever, ultimate edition, you like, like it's hard not to think about, like, you know, the Zack Snyder of it at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> think that, oh my God, this thing is going to be three and a half fucking hours long. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very relieved to see that it is only two hours, like under two hours. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's some other movie I've seen where, like, the director's cut is actually shorter than the theatrical version. <laughs> nice. Which, uh, I, I applaud that move. <laughs> uh, kill your darlings. Is it the, is it the Donner cut? Because I know that's shorter, I think, than the Maybe theatrical it is that. version. It could possibly be that, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Uh, no, I, I think it's popped up uh, other places too, but uh, yeah, the Donner Cut is definitely one of those. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, the movie's pretty. I, I will give it that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, so, like I said, I did fall asleep, and um, I kept nodding off throughout. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got real tired uh, and and was close to falling asleep a few times and then just had to, like, drag myself back. Yeah. Uh, at, at one point, uh, my, my lady friend was texting me and I was just like, you know what? I have to buckle down and just watch this movie. <laughs> so I was like, I, I got to turn my phone off. <laughs> got myself some caffeine. You know, picked up the cat so that, you know, I would have something active that I could do that wasn't <laughs> super distracting. Uh, and, and just powered through the rest of the movie. Um, that all said, uh, Rutger Hauer is fucking magnetic. Yeah, I feel like all the performances in this are are pretty solid, but he in particular is is excellent. I would disagree about the all the performances part. Oh no, okay. I would say Harrison Ford is kind of a nothing in this movie. <laughs> it's it's classic Harrison Ford. He doesn't care. <laughs> uh, he doesn't want to be there. It's it's cold, it's wet. <laughs> I mean, you're probably right. Uh, <laughs> I did have this thought that uh you know, halfway through it or so, it's like, he never worked with Ridley Scott again. That's uh, true, he never did. I, I feel like he's a guy who would work with a director multiple times, obviously, you know, Spielberg and George Lucas and whatnot. Uh, but uh, this was the only Ridley Scott film he ever did, so there must have been something happening there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like... So part of the part of the versions of this movie uh, is that there was a, an international version and a U.S. theatrical version. Uh, the U.S. theatrical version was shorter uh, and had uh, Harrison Ford voiceover to explain a lot of what was going on. 
Hmm. I I have never seen all of that version. I I know I've seen parts of it on like TV, and and Harrison Ford just sounds so bored. <laughs> and and like why why are you making me do this? <laughs> like can can like I'll I'll read this. That's fine. But then then I got I got places to be. So so I, I wonder how much of it is. Exactly. <laughs> I I got a pilot's license to get and and I got carpentry to do. So so that's what I'm going to go do after I read this bullshit about what it's like to be a blade runner and what I'm doing here while I eat noodles. So so yeah, I wonder like how much of it was uh, was Ridley Scott and how much of it was just his experience on the movie in general. Right. <laughs> and, and having a miserable time with it. Uh, well, clearly if this is the 100% approved Ridley Scott version, uh, he did not want the voiceover either, I guess. Uh, right. There no. is none. Yeah. The voiceover uh, was a studio, a studio mandated edition, I, I believe right. to make it more palatable for, for American audiences. Well, sure. Uh, I did. I expected a voiceover going into this, mm-hmm. uh, just because I, I, like I said, I have no idea what version I was picking here. <laughs> <laughs> I just the only one that's available, uh, or at least uh, for free. Uh, yeah, or somewhat free. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I guess you yeah. have to have the streaming service, but yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty anti voiceover <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I'm not a fan of it when it's in a film. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad for that. Uh, but yeah, maybe it is. He just didn't care. I don't know, but, uh, he just, yeah, he's, he's pretty wooden in this movie. Uh, the only time I felt he really came alive was when he, uh, goes to interrogate Zora and puts on his weird uh, nerd voice. Yes, that part is spectacular. <laughs> I loved it. And then when he makes the phone call to uh, to Sebastian's and he's, he's doing sort of a, a character there as well. Yeah. Like both of those parts I really liked. I did as well. Uh, but yeah, Rector Hauer is fucking great in this movie and just heads and tails above everyone else um it's also so you know growing up as a kid in the 80s uh, i saw a lot of rutger hauer movies growing up yeah i mean somehow missed this one entirely for 40 some years but (laughs) uh this is the first and only time i've ever noticed that he has an accent yeah which i mean of course he does he is not from america (laughs) right (laughs) but i've never noticed it before and even in this i feel like it sort of it sort of comes and goes a little bit a little bit yeah uh but but uh there's definitely like towards the end it's not a fight scene it's not an action scene it's got more action in it than the rest of the movie, but it's still pretty staid and 
you know, uh, uh, uneventful, but uh, the, the final battle. It's a confrontation. Confrontation, that's a good word. Uh, <laughs> between Roy and Deckard, like, like, I feel his accent came on pretty strong during that scene. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but then, of course, it ends... Uh, it's not anticlimactic, but it's quiet. <laughs> It is quiet, yeah. I mean, that's sort of the whole movie, other yeah. than you know when Deckard is shooting people. But it's it's I, the the replicants just want to be able to live and 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 live quietly. It seems like right, you know that they, they only go around killing people when when they're uh, you know being interrogated or or <laughs> defending themselves. Right. Or I guess Roy. I guess Roy murders Tyrell. Okay, never mind. Well, that's that's uh, more of a like a revenge kind of thing, I guess. Yeah, Tyrell can't give him the life that he seeks. Uh, whether it's, uh, I know Tyrell has like an explanation, like you know, that has to do with like viruses and whatnot. But but uh, you know. Surely, you know, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. (laughs) (laughs) Surely he could have done something. Yeah, right, right. Uh, So so whether he was just making that up or not, or just, uh, you know, willfully withholding, uh, you know, the, the longevity that Roy seeks, who clearly is a dangerous character. Yeah, but but he is only dangerous, like you said, because he's just not getting what he wants, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I feel like of all of the characters in the movie, Roy is probably the the most complex. Yes, um, like like Deckard, and, and you know, t- talking about Harrison Ford's performance and and how it seems like he's wooden and doesn't want to be there, like that's kind of that's kind of Deckard's thing is like, he doesn't want to be doing this. This, so. this is true. Uh, good point. <laughs> that is very astute. Yeah. So he's not putting his all into it. Cause he doesn't, right. he doesn't care. He, he's getting a paycheck. That's, that's the only reason he's there. Uh, it does. I mean, I don't know. There, there, there's gotta be some sort of reason that he would cave so easily though. So, yeah, uh, I mean Harrison Ford, obviously because of money, but you know, Deckard, who knows, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's never really explained what M. Emmett Walsh has over him. Yeah, they have a they have a sort of nebulous relationship. Maybe uh, maybe a maybe a, a, a Nexus Six model replicant killed Deckard's wife or something. Who knows? <laughs> See, I kept expecting that kind of thing to, like, pop up, too. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, once he kind of sexually assaults Rachel. Yeah. Uh, you know, that aspect of, of Deckard's backstory kind of went away. But then uh, there was a whole new problems that were happening. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, Deckard's relationship with Rachel... Uh, has a lot of problems. <laughs> and the way that it's presented uh, has a lot of problems. <laughs> like uh-huh, the, yep. the sexy saxophone music 
while he's uh, sort of forcing himself on her. Right. Uh, is is not not good. No, no, not a bit. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't, uh, so so after Roy dies, uh, like I thought that was going to be the end of the movie, but then it uh-huh. kept going for like ten more minutes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, did not care for any of that, <laughs> which uh, honestly just circles back to the whole Rachel thing again, too. So yeah, yeah, because there's the the love story between Deckard and Rachel is real shoehorned in. <laughs> so yeah, to to have to pay that off at the end, like I don't I don't know if that was necessary. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, it was not. Uh, so, so going into this movie, I know that there is discourse about Deckard being a replicant or not, mm-hmm. uh, which after watching it, I don't see any evidence of it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the main evidence for it is that he dreams about the unicorn and then uh, at the very end, as uh, as Deckard and Rachel are leaving, he finds the uh, origami unicorn mm-hmm. uh, that Gaff has left. And like the implication being that Gaff knows that, you know, he has this memory because he is a replicant. I think that's the I think that's probably the main argument in favor of it. But but yeah, I, I was specifically watching this time. Uh, to to look for evidence uh, one way or the other, and I I feel like yeah, it's pretty it's pretty clear he's not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously, I have not seen uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, so you know I have no idea, you know what they try to do, you know with that. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I mean. Based entirely just on this movie, I don't know that I would want to see Blade Runner 2049. I hear it's good, but I also heard this one was good, too. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Blade Runner 2049, um, I, I, I will say this movie, uh, the original Blade Runner, it feels a little dated. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, clearly. I think Blade, uh, clearly, yeah. I mean, it's from two years ago. Um, so... Blade, Blade Runner 2049 uh, is like just visually at least uh, a step above uh, above this one, at least just in terms of you know just the the quality of the visuals and and it doesn't it doesn't look as dated. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it sort of has a similar, and I've only seen it once. Um, but from what I remember of it, it has sort of a similar pace, similar pacing to it. Um, it probably has a little bit more plot than this one does. Um, and you know, part of that is that it builds on, it builds essentially on the end of this movie. Um, the, the relationship between Deckard and Rachel, uh, is, is key to, uh, what happens in 2049. Um, so, you know, it's, it's got that, that element of backstory to it, but I, but I think even just on top of that, the, the characters are stronger, 
Um, and it has a little bit more story, a little bit more going on. Um, but yeah, I don't know if, if you didn't like this one, I don't know that you would enjoy, uh, 2049 other than maybe just like, Ooh, look, that's real pretty. Right. <laughs> but it's, <clears throat> but it's also a lot longer <laughs> than this one is. So who yeah. knows? Yeah. And, and I mean, like I like Ridley Scott movies for the most part, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, right off the top of my head, I can only name three that I've seen, but I'm, I'm sure I've seen more. Name them. Uh, Alien. Sure. Uh, Blade Runner. Uh, and uh, The Duelists. Okay, I've never seen The Duelists. Uh, we did it for Gutter Trash back in the day. Uh, I think it's his first major film. Nice. Uh, which he directed when he was like 40. <laughs> Uh, and it's kind of great. Nice. Uh, with, uh, Harvey Keitel and, um, one of the Carradines. <laughs> uh, not David. Uh, Keith? Um, maybe Keith. Brian? Yes. I don't know. I don't know another one. Is there another one? There, there's like three or four. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Which, uh, and, and of course, uh, there's their dad, John, who played Dracula multiple times. And uh, I watched two movies in which he was Dracula recently. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, I think it's Keith. Keith Carradine and uh, Harvey Keitel basically play uh, Victorian era guys who just keep running into each other and keep trying to kill each other. <laughs> like, that actually over, sounds like, pretty awesome. It's pretty great. It's like takes place over the span of like twenty years, and these two guys just have this fucking grudge against each other. <laughs> I would highly recommend it. Nice. So no, uh, no matchstick men. Uh, nope. No gladiator. I did see gladiator. Okay. Okay. I enjoyed um, that. Um. No. Uh... Oh, well, I mean, Prometheus and, and Covenant, I've seen both of those. Right. So. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, All right. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't think of any others. I, I feel like I could probably name more Tony Scott movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kingdom of Heaven, I think, was a Ridley Scott movie. Yeah, nope, never saw that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I have uh, one piece of uh, dumb trivia, okay, that that I'd like to to call out. Uh, so when Deckard goes to that crazy bar to find uh, Zora uh, and her synthetic snake, yeah, uh, he talks or he he's looking for Taffy Lewis. Uh, the 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 I guess he's like the you know. I don't know if he's the owner of the bar or if he's the uh, the, the curator of the, the stage show or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but he is played by a guy by the name of High Pike. Uh, and a couple weeks ago, I watched a movie called Hack-O-Lantern. <laughs> uh, in which he... He is billed above the title in that movie. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, it's fucking terrible. Uh, but but uh, it's like the only movie that he's ever like starred in. Like he, he had like 
just bit parts and everything else after that or before that too. Nice. Um, but Heidi Pike also uh, in 1975 played the mayor in a movie called Dolomite. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and and super super random. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Incredibly random. That's excellent. Uh, the uh, only the, other I, I go ahead. Go no, you go ahead. Nope. Uh, I I was gonna say the the piece of trivia that I have is that uh, William Sanderson, who plays uh, J.F. Sebastian in this movie, uh, also appeared on Batman the Animated Series. Uh, as the creator of the artificial intelligence Hardak. Okay. So, so while watching this, uh, I thought to myself, did he do the voice of Toy Man in the Superman animated series? Oh, he sounds like it. Right? But, yeah. but I think that was Bud Court that did that. Okay. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. But but William Sanderson was like the first name that I thought of when, when I thought about that. And I was like, oh man, I wonder if that's a, you know, but uh, the Batman thing is uh, much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a neat little Easter egg, like just robot Easter egg, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's uh, man, he's such a prolific and weird actor. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Uh. uh Something about the texture of his face in certain scenes in this movie was just really interesting. Uh, like, like, would... when, he's, when he's in the elevator with Roy mm-hmm. uh, on their way to see Tyrell, like there's just real close-ups of his face and just the, the texture of it is so interesting. Uh, I'm I don't even that... know how to describe it. it uh, yeah, I, I totally understand what you're talking about. Uh, I'm guessing that's makeup. Uh, because <laughs> it's revealed earlier that he is 25 years old. That's true. <laughs> and when they said that, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> he has Jack disease. Yeah, they then reveal that he has Jack disease. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that makes more sense. It's really weird that they say that, too, because Jack doesn't come out for another, I don't know, 15 years. Well, you know, that's what happens when you get uh, futurists to work on your movie. That's true. This movie really was ahead of its time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Yeah. uh, I guess this movie exists. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry that you didn't enjoy it. It's I, not I your fault. Uh, it, it may be my fault for just having waited this long to watch it, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't see what all the hype was about. So yeah, no, I, I I think it's exactly what you said that it's just you know it's it's so so iconic and so hyped that like there's just no way that it could have lived up to a, a first time viewing right in in 2021. So yeah, yeah. it's a shame. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, we'll get them next time, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Will Maybe. we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> uh, is, is anything bringing you joy this week? <laughs> uh, the dumbest thing is bringing me joy. Excellent. Um, so over the course of a couple weeks, uh, I uh, paid a couple fees and took some classes and took a test. And uh, this week I got my uh, stamps and seal uh, to become a notary public and the state That's of Ohio. Awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> that is, I, I really like that. That's, that's so cool. It, uh, the, the day that my stamps arrived, like it brought me just a weird amount of joy. <laughs> Did you start just notarizing stuff left and right? Just cause you I, can, I grabbed a couple just blank sheets of paper and I was like, I'm going to test out all these stamps. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta figure out how this embossing seal works. Oh, that's great. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, you know, whenever you come visit Ohio, if you need anything notarized within the state, uh, I can do that for you for between 2 to $5. Oh, keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. You nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to warn me in advance so that I know to bring my stamps home. Sure, of course. <laughs> so this is for work. This wasn't just a, like, I woke up one day and decided I wanted to become a notary. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a work thing. No, I didn't just <laughs> spontaneously decide to be a notary. <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> oh, man, I should have just told you that it had been a lifelong dream. <laughs> I've just always wanted to to be able to say that things are really official. <laughs> now I can. Uh, you know, just that that uh, that sweet sweet thought of all the money rolling in that two to five dollars that I can charge poor notorial service. Uh, <laughs> So when you notarize stuff at work, do you do you have to charge them for it? Um, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, I mean, they they paid you know for all the classes and stuff, so you know. All right. Probably let the church members uh, you know get their stuff notarized for free. That's I mean just you know keep track of how much the classes cost and then keep track of how much stuff you're notarizing and eventually uh, their free ride's gonna run out. Good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, what about you, sir? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I have anything this week, honestly. You didn't get anything in the mail or anything? Or... Um, I got a, well, I, I got a, uh, big box of DC fandom swag, which is oh, kind of cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Not too many other people are getting those. I didn't get one. That's true. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, no, no NFTs were involved in this box, <laughs> thankfully. I mean, they did um, deforest all of Brazil just to make the box, but you know. that's true. It's it's a very large box, yeah. very heavy duty cardboard. It's uh, 
it's uh, analog uh, destroying the environment. Yeah, you know digitally. the old the old fashioned way, like, exactly, <laughs> like a man does. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's probably I I I you know had some books in it and and a, a t shirt that's too small for me and a hat. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll deck myself out for, for four hours on Saturday for DC Fandom. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, no <laughs> uh, I'll bring oh, the yeah. box. You can notarize it when I'm in Ohio. Sweet. Uh, I, I do have a quick question for you. You're, uh, you know, a comic book industry insider. Uh, allegedly, yes. <laughs> uh, so shortly uh, before uh, recording, I was on Twitter and I saw Colleen Doran post something vaguely about uh, shots fired in the comic industry. Uh, but cannot find anything about it. Uh, did something happen today? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Marvel, Marvel, uh, and Penguin, uh, Penguin Random House announced, uh, a Penguin Classics line of Marvel comics. Okay. Um, which is kind of cool. Uh, so, you know, like there's a, there's a Penguin Classics, uh, just book line that Penguin puts out of like classic books, basically like novels and, and essays and stuff like that. And now they're doing some Marvel comics. Well, that's cool. So, um, like, trades of like old stuff then, or? Yeah, it, it looks like, um, <laughs> the, the weird thing is the, the announcement didn't specify what all was included in each of the collections. <laughs> But I would imagine it'll be like the Marvel Masterworks, like, you know, the first, you know, 10 issues of Spider-Man or right, you know, right. what have you. Oh, I, I mean, who, that, uh, let's take bets on like their first release is actually like Rob Liefeld's New Mutants. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, no, I I, uh, I don't know what she's talking about, but I will look into that and get okay. back to you. Alrighty. <laughs> Uh, and to that I say, suck it, listener. This is just for me to know now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I will be providing no updates for the at-home listener <laughs> on this thing that happened a month ago in your world. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have a movie for us to watch next week? I sure do. Yay. Uh, yeah, I, I am going to go completely in the opposite direction from Blade Runner. Okay. So, uh, I, though I did mention Batman Spork the Animated Walker. Series. Yes, Spork Walker, exactly. <laughs> uh, it stars Josh Hartnett as, <laughs> no, um, no, I, I, so I did mention Batman the Animated Series, uh, while we were talking about Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, and the the thing that I am going to pick is the uh, the only Batman the Animated Series related thing that I have never seen. Oh, uh, I I don't know how I have never seen it, but uh, it was a direct to video movie that came out in the early two thousands. Uh, and you may you may have seen it already, uh, but I would like to watch Batman Mystery of the Batwoman. 
I have seen it back when it came out. Um, I may own it. <laughs> oh, I own it for sure. Just okay, never watched right. it. All right. <laughs> You know and it's on HBO. It's on HBO Max as well, I believe. Okay, okay. I was going to say because on the off chance that I don't, uh, but I'm ninety five percent sure that I do. Uh, but you know, also, I'm not going to judge you for not watching it. I have like five hundred Blu-rays, and uh, you know, I've seen maybe a hundred of them. So. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no judgment at all. And let's not yeah. even talk about comics. <laughs> That no, have gone please, on red. Please no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This, this is a this safe judgment judgment free zone. <laughs> good, good. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited. I have not seen that uh, yeah since it came out, so I am I'm very excited. Awesome. Okay. Then. Yeah, like I like I said, it's just one of those things that uh, I just never got around to. So now I I I want to talk about Batman. <laughs> That's uh, I am always up to talk about Batman, uh, especially good versions of Batman, um, and and uh, uh, you know I, I, I we can safely say that uh, you know the mystery of the Batwoman did not have such a cultural impact that you will not go into this uh, you know with preconceived notions and walk out you know possibly disappointed. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I do not know what the mystery of the Batwoman is. <laughs> Great. So and, I'm excited. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I am vaguely remembering it, and uh, that's oh, disappointing. No. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it'll still be surprising. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched uh, the movie version of uh, What We Do in the Shadows last night. Uh, which I have seen multiple times uh, since it came out in 2014. Uh, and I still forgot things about it. So, you know, it, it all works out in the end. Yeah, everything's new to you. Yep, I have a terrible memory. Except for when it comes to <laughs> random information about Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Mystery of the Batwoman. <laughs> Excellent. Looking forward to it. We will do that next week. Sounds good. Talk to you then. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to The View Masters. You can subscribe to the show directly at view.guttertrash.net or at iTunes and leave us a review. Visit view.guttertrash.net for email information and links to Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you next time on The View Masters. Yeah.